So with Brexit tentatively moving forward, we've seen a whole range of reports on that in the last few days. Um, we might ask ourselves how Europe feels about all this. Well, we have someone in the studio who can't speak for the whole of Europe, but can certainly speak for his corner, the Commissioner of the Netherlands Foreign Investment Agency, Mr. Jeroen Nyland. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Tell me how the Netherlands is preparing for its part, the changes that will be happening upon the conclusion of Brexit negotiations. Uh, let, let me answer this from the practical point of view. Uh, so I will refrain from the politics, but we are preparing our businesses for the Brexit um, in a number of ways. Um, we developed a sort of scan uh, they can use to diagnose uh, to what extent Brexit can affect their businesses, just to stimulate them to think about it and to be prepared. And amongst others, we also um, had um, uh, recruited more people from the customs in the Netherlands because we expect that much more workload will come. It's been this long period of uncertainty for all of us in lots of different ways, even as far here as South Korea. And have people been making changes already, even through that period of uncertainty? Well, what I said, people are preparing, um, and um, what we notice from the point of view of our agency, the Netherlands Foreign Investment Agency, is that uh, a lot of foreign businesses are approaching us uh, to see um, to what extent the Netherlands could be uh, an alternative location for their businesses. Yeah, so those who already have a headquarters or a division in, in the UK, they can jump across the that's, water. That's part of it, um, but also for the new investments, so uh, it's the, the people, the businesses who invest for the first time in Europe, mm. um, we, we also noticed that uh, UK no longer automatically is also on their shortlist. That helps the Netherlands. That that brings more potential business in your direction. Um, and the European market, it's the second largest in the world. How would you argue that it remains attractive, even if Europe lacks British involvement, participation at that full level anyway? Uh, yeah, well, let, let me put it in, uh, in, in another context, because yes, it, it, this helps us, because uh, businesses are looking into the Netherlands as an alternative location. But on a whole, Brexit is not a good thing from the Dutch perspective. Uh, we, the Dutch and the UK economy are very closely interwoven. So for Dutch businesses, it is not really a good thing that Brexit is going to happen. Uh, it's the second trade partner of the Netherlands for exports. Uh, so this is this is a bad thing. Within the uh, focus of investments, there are good um, impacts and, and bad impacts. Um, but having said that, um, I think um, we are working to answer the, the, the questions uh, the, the, the businesses have about um, the Dutch business climate. Most of uh, the, the people, businesses who move over to the Netherlands, um, do this because they see the Netherlands as entry point for the European market. Now, even without the UK, um, the EU still is the biggest, the second biggest market in the world. So, um, businesses from Asia and businesses from America still interested, of course, to to do business in the in that market. Um, and therefore, I think the interest will uh, will still be there because of the sheer volume of the EU market. I've got so much politics swimming through my own mind on this, but. Um, your job is, you know, to to keep moving regardless of whether you like or or don't like the outcomes here. But one thing I do sense from Europe is uh, collectively 
among certain countries and certain officials standing up now against a number of global pressures. You know, you've got the US attitude towards trade hasn't been particularly helpful for many countries. Uh, and of course, China's involved in that. We here in Asia are involved in that. Is it important for Europe to to be proactive now rather because th- there was perhaps this image of Europe as having stagnated after a financial crisis of of 2007 onwards oh yeah that's uh, that's really a political thing of course um i think um things have uh, become very much in flux now um and um this this also leads to insecurity which is bad for 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 trade also for investments so i think it's the common interest of the eu but not just the EU, also for other countries, to de-escalate all this and to try to uh, come to solutions in a multilateral context. So I think um, that the EU will push, and the Netherlands is, of course, uh, uh, having the same strategy, uh, is pushing towards de-escalating this. Whatever lies behind it, the Netherlands is often described though, as this gateway to Europe. Can you elaborate a little bit further? Because I think what what you were saying before was certainly beginning this portrayal of of your country in that light. Sure. I think partly it's related to the geographical situation, uh, the, the, the location where we are strategically. Um, uh, within a range of 500 kilometers from the Netherlands, you have access to one third of the EU market. Um, so it's the proximity to those consumers, um, but uh, also because of our points of entry, the seaports we have. Uh, the biggest seaport in Europe is in Rotterdam. Um, the Amsterdam airport, um, well regarded um, and praised, not only for passengers, but also for cargo. These are the entry points, and then uh, with the infrastructure we have, um, physical infrastructure and digital infrastructure, it's very easy to reach out to the European consumers. Um, you can reach uh, 95% of all the EU consumers in uh, within a range of uh, 24 hours. How important is South Korea in this picture? Well, the, um, the relations between the Netherlands and South Korea are, uh, are quite good in terms of trade. Um, I think Korea is the second Asian destination for Dutch exports. Um, the Netherlands is the third destination for Korean exports. Um, so it's uh, it's quite significant. For you personally, you've made a few trips, have you, to South Korea? Uh, I didn't count them, but I think this is number 10, maybe. Right, okay. Well, I guess when you get to double figures, it's harder to keep track. <laughs> did, did you notice uh, changes over that period of time? I, it's kind of those cliche questions that people get asked, but it's something I've certainly seen. You mean here in Korea? Yeah, th- th- the business environment or even just the way you've been received? Well, I'm doing this job now for four and a half years. The first time I was in Korea was even before that. Uh, I think it was uh, maybe more than 10 years ago, maybe even 15 years ago that I spent uh, time in in Seoul for the first time. Uh, I think compared to that, uh, I, I noticed that um, it's, it's more open, it's more international uh, generally. Uh, and narrowing it down to the businesses, I feel that um, the, the businesses are really um, preparing internationally to, to to see how they can expand. Um, so I think it's a uh, it's 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 a good and a professional relationship we have with Korean businesses. Well, it's been nice to see some Dutch cheeses, among other products, making their way over here. They they always go down well. But going in the other direction, what are some of the areas of investment by Koreans that have been expanding in the Netherlands? 
I think you see them across all sectors, but they are mostly related to either marketing and sales or logistics. And again, you you find them in all sectors, but the, the, the key is they use the Netherlands as an entry point for the EU market. So you start with the marketing sales department. When it's successful, you add some um, activities to it, uh, for example, distribution. And this is how Korean businesses, um, not just Korean businesses, but also Korean businesses, how they build up their presence in the EU market. Are there any areas of strength that you've not mentioned there, though, that uh, c- Korean investors or entrepreneurs should be aware of? Because I, I know that it's broken up into key sectors, including agriculture, for example, and yeah. and energy and creative industries. Yeah. Well, I said many um, companies come to the Netherlands for, for the, as, as the gateway to Europe, um, but they also come uh, to the Netherlands because of the key sectors. Uh, and indeed, we have a, a number of them. I won't illustrate all of them, but I think it's um, relevant, for example, to point out the chemical cluster we have, um, which is a very strong cluster. Uh, 19 of the 25 biggest uh, global companies in, in the chemical sector are located in the Netherlands. Um, there is a very strong um, cooperation between the chemical sector and the universities uh, and, and research institutes to do their R&D. Uh, so this is a very strong cluster. Another one I'd like to mention is life science and health. Uh, very significant in the Netherlands as well. Um, 2,500 companies, uh, many research institutes and universities also here spending 2.5 billion euros a year on R&D. So it's a very well-developed sector. And I'm also mentioning this because um, the European Medicines Agency uh, will move, in the context of the Brexit, will move from London to to, uh, to the Netherlands, to Amsterdam. And this will further strengthen, of course, uh, this cluster. But entrepreneurship, which I mentioned before, has been a focus of the current South Korean government, particularly because we have this situation with these giant conglomerates, which have been seen sometimes as swallowing up smaller businesses, either as affiliates or or just simply being better or more capable of implementing their wonderful ideas. What is the environment like for a, a foreign entrepreneur who decides the Netherlands is a place for me? We have a special program in the Netherlands for uh, for startups. Uh, it's partly related to help Dutch startups to to expand abroad, but also to welcome foreign startups to the Netherlands. And this program uh, links startups uh, to networks uh, f- uh, for business development, for access to technology, access to capital, um, and uh, it's it's called Startup Delta, uh, and it's uh, it's a very vibrant program. And uh, you see an increasing number of startups coming to the lens. I think it's also uh, fueled by a very creative environment uh, you find in the Netherlands. As, as said before, it's a very open society, very open economy, very tolerant towards uh, nationalities and diverging insights and ideas. So it's a good um, a breathing uh, ground for, for foreign startups. And I talked the, before about like where I see the Dutch presence in South Korea. And by the way, I mean, these words, I I, I do sense sometimes a little bit of confusion. Dutch, Netherlands, Holland, uh, selling one single brand when we've got these different words to describe all things from the Netherlands. Uh, It's a a little bit reminiscent for me of talking about England, Wales and Scotland, having to have that conversation. But but cheeses certainly have a bigger presence now, uh, Dutch cheeses. 
possibly the first very strong Dutch identity I sensed here was maybe Gus Hiddink, though. Uh, I mean, you've got to kind of build on whatever you can to build that idea and and notion about your country. He's a very famous uh, person uh, <laughs> yes. here in Korea, I noticed. Uh, and um, the funny thing is, uh, I, I, I knew him personally before. Uh, I was raised in the eastern part of the Netherlands, and he was born there too. And um, when, when I was a little uh, child, I was playing in a football club, and he was playing there as well in the Premier League, in the Dutch Premier League, uh, as, a, as our central midfielder. So he was also... Uh, uh, in in the same uh, in the same team, so wow. to say. But uh, I was I was yeah, I was watching him playing football as a, as a child, and um, I, I of course you you cannot um, miss uh, the fact that he's still well known here. Um, and um, when we had a trade mission, I believe it was one year ago, maybe two years ago. Um, he also joined um, uh, in the trade mission uh, to help open doors and networks and uh, to tell insights about the Netherlands, share insights, and uh, that was extremely uh, effective and helpful. Well, it helps when he's a former teammate. I wasn't expecting that. It's well, nice I, to... not the teammate is not the right <laughs> way of, of putting it, but he was in the first team, obviously, when I was a child, but it was the same, yeah. it was the same club. Yeah. Okay. But still, uh, it's a nice little connection there to yeah. have. Uh, Jeroen Nyland, Commissioner of the Netherlands Foreign Investment Agency, um, really a pleasure to have you here. Uh, if nothing else, you might have inspired a few people to go and visit the Netherlands and check out more what it's about. Well, they should do it. Good yeah. luck. <laughs> Thank you.